Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job. The skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits. Jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Hey, and welcome to What Future. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. I'm also a human. You know, I'm just a person. I'm not just a host. I do other things. I have a life, you know, a family, uh, a career, you know, of which this is a part. And, you know, I have dreams, okay? Dreams about the future, about what life is going to be like when I'm older. And I'm not going to get into what those dreams are, are about, but they're pretty bad. They're pretty dark. Actually, I'd really describe them as nightmares the more I think about it. Uh, so not dreams exactly. But the point is, I exist on planet Earth, and I am an independent human doing my own thing. And also, I host this podcast, which you're listening to right now. I don't want to waste a lot of time because we have a great guest, one of my favorite people in the whole world, honestly who not only is a genius and a brilliant writer and super funny and interesting human, like me, a human also, but is uh, in fact a family relation of mine. I'm of course talking about the BuzzFeed senior tech reporter, Katie Natopoulos, who in addition to being one of the great voices of our time is also my sister-in-law. So, Josh, are we like starting the podcast? 
Yeah, we can start. I can intro you later. I'll do an intro for you later. So we can just get into do it. Do you want to do an intro for me now? You know what? Make it easier now. Okay. Okay, fine. Uh, you are a senior tech reporter for BuzzFeed News. That's correct, Josh. Right. You are a master of the internet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> master of the internet. That's your interpretation. That is your enough words, it. not mine. And I think most, not most importantly, but I think it's worth noting that you and I are basically related. Uh, you basically are my sister-in-law. Related. We are. Well, I mean, we're not Josh. blood relatives. We're not blood relatives, but we. Wow. Uh, Wow. But we share blood through your children, <laughs> my niece and nephew, Helen and Julius. Just <laughs> you and I are brother and sister-in-law. Okay, my that's right. That's the, that's the title. Brother. That's the title. I meant mm-hmm. I, I, we are family. I just meant We're like family. I didn't want I didn't want to misrepresent the the relationship right, in right. any way. You're my sister-in-law. Yeah, that's all I wanted you're, to say. Yeah. You're the mother of my niece and nephew, Helen and Julius. Yes, and married to my brother Eric, mm-hmm. who is also in a band called Tan Lines. Mm-hmm. New record coming out May 19th. We're all very excited about it. Mm-hmm. There, I've plugged Tan Lines. <laughs> but most importantly, you are a person who really knows the shape of and the feel of the internet better than almost anybody who's ever lived and probably anybody who ever will live. You have peered into the <laughs> darkest, you've peered into the darkest, deepest depths of the internet and the internet has peered back at you and then you posted the exchange on one of your many websites. You know, Josh, <laughs> that's a very flattering interpretation of what I do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't think that's entirely true. I mean, you, you, know, don't, you don't feel like thing. you're an internet expert. You know, here's the thing about the internet that I feel like more and more, <laughs> I feel like there was a time where I was like, yeah, I'm an internet expert. Like, yeah, I internet logged on to Reddit.com and I knew <laughs> right. what's up. I don't think logging onto Reddit actually makes you an internet expert. I'd say <laughs> that's the at the far end of the opposite of that. But go ahead, continue. You know, I feel like lately that like, I'm not sure anyone can claim to be an expert and especially I think not me. And part of it wow. is like, you know, I'm getting older. I'm less in touch with 17-year-olds um, on the internet the than Probably maybe good. I was 10 years ago. Mm. But... <sighs> You're kind of like um, Patrick Swayze in um, Point Break. You know, it's like... <laughs> You're getting a little bit older. You know, you're not mm-hmm. surfing in the same curls that you used to. You need to find your thrills elsewhere. No, it's definitely a like, you know, pull me in for one last job kind yeah. of, you know. Right. Um, That's right. You're going out like Bodie. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely. <laughs> so you're going to go out. You're going <laughs> to die by just looking at links on the Internet. Just going I as far the way, out on the, the way links I go as you out can. Is like in a flame of cancellation for like, I'm trying definitely. to think of like. You've been near canceled before. On the have internet. I? They haven't gotten you. They haven't been able to, I mean, did, been, I, been I able to get you. We should all be, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. So, Josh, yeah. um, you yeah. know, you're someone who has been around, you know, online, mm. immersed in sort of geek culture for a long time. And th- there for a long time has been somebody who, in many ways, felt like they were speaking to mm. uh, those kind of people. Yes, those people. You know, uh, people who are internet interested. people, no, internet you know, nerds. Well, this is not exactly you. Like, no. I'm talking about the Dilbert comic strip. Okay. I'm oh, not oh, about oh Dilbert. I'm talking about the Dilbert comic. Oh, uh, incels. Incels. See, no. I don't know. Is that for? <laughs> oh, you mean I was I was speaking to people who were like the Dilbert characters. Is that what you're saying? I think that many people who appreciated the Dilbert comic strip were people who were sort of okay. like, yeah, you know, 
nerds who maybe who, but mainly this like feels who like, worked in an office, right? Like, it feels like what you're going to get canceled for right now, actually. It feels like somehow hold you're. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm, go I'm ahead, working go ahead. towards something here. Dilbert fans and people who identify with Dilbert the character. I'm curious. So I remember Dilbert the comic strip came out when I was like a teenager, I want to say. Like, yeah. Yep. The 90s, right? Yeah, 90s, mid-90s. I was in middle school, high school. And I remember because it was like a new comic strip. It felt really funny. It was like addressing, you know, a sort of like, hey, I've got this thing called email. It was like, like modern, it was, kind of modern, sort of addressing modernity. Right. And it was like, it felt really like I was a kid who read the comic pages in the newspaper every single day. Mm-hmm. You were a big Dilbert fan girl. I was. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was also yeah. like a Foxtrot and uh, I was kind of a a Bloom County fan. You so a Bloom a County. Yeah, yeah, big very different vibe. Very Bill the Cat, game. Opus. I didn't all those guys. I feel like my I mean, this is again like my height of reading the comic pages every day was when I was, you know, somewhere between like fourth grade through high school. So like not exactly the peak of my cultural awareness of the world i don't know i i found Mm -hmm. county Mm -hmm. um it was confusing because it had things like a cat that was yeah and it was and it talked about like reagan and stuff it was like it kind of was like i didn't understand it it was somewhere between garfield and doonesbury and it was exactly that's in fact (laughs) and and that's an imperfect description i mean by the way we're talking about something that probably most people who are listening have no idea what it is bloom county was a bloom county and dilbert both comic strips from that I think I think Bloom County started in the eighties. Dilbert yeah. probably was nineties. Well, I think I think people know what Dilbert is. It's, I mean, until approximately last week, it was still running yeah. in most yeah. major newspapers, and Dilbert was one of the iconic comic yeah. strips, along with like Garfield and Family Circus, right? In a way, it's possible to to argue that like Dilbert sort of gave rise to like things like the office oh, like in absolutely. a way right like because like it was sort of like a, it was about how like office culture is so bad and dumb and boring yeah. and corporate and stupid and how everybody there is just like in some weird like uncomfortable forced situation which is like the office the whole setup of the office is like you're forced into right. this like horrible working situation in like a corporate office where everybody's kind of a huge loser yeah yeah exactly, you know? exactly. And but also everybody's awesome right you know we're all losers and we're all awesome in our own ways. Sure, sure. You know, we're all Dwight in some way. <laughs> you know, the news element here is that the guy who writes the Dilbert comic strip, Scott Adams. He doesn't say his name, Scott Adams. <laughs> over the last few years has revealed himself to be somewhat of a reactionary type um, and has some yeah. uh, extreme political ideologies that would not necessarily appear in his, like the comic strips themselves have, Pretty much, like, most of them are just about, like, office life, right? Like, they're not about the weird sort of, like, identity politics that Scott Adams, the cartoonist, is obsessed <laughs> yeah. with. I'm sure catch up with this now. Okay, he's outwardly racist. I mean, I thought he was just, like, oh, low-key, yeah, no. uh, uh, like, racist. I'm just catching up Yeah, now. so he had sort of been edging for a long time into sort of, like, farther right-and-right reactionary politics until finally it was sort of, like... Yeah. I, did, I think it was on some sort of, like live stream or something but he sort of had a crazed rant yeah he said i'll tell you i have him looking at the quotes yeah, the, right the now details i don't recall but they're bad 
Here's what he said. He said that, uh, this is from CNN, he went on a racist tirade calling black Americans a hate group and suggesting that white people should, quote, get the hell away from them. And here's a quote. If nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, this is Scott Adams speaking, by the way, according to this poll, not according to me, that's a hate group. I don't want to have anything to do with them, Adams added. And I would say based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away because there is no fixing this. I mean, very racist, very, I would say, uh, not even a little bit sugar-coated, right. you know, so you, really out there. So sort of finally, as of this past week, a bunch of newspapers finally were like, that's enough. Like, you see, he's really come up to the line a bunch of times. Right. And this was the one where it was like, yeah, we have to drop your comic strip. Sorry, because he's always sort of been yeah. like, but the comic strip is fine, right? The comic strip just the comic about, strip like, is not. This is not something you yeah, read. There's been in, a like, little Dilbert's- bit of like the comic strip has sort of danced into his politics a tiny bit, but um, but this is where they're like, no, this is finally the hard yeah. cancel. Yeah, he was writing a book. It got dropped. But the the book is like, whatever, who cares, right? Well, no, I mean, I'm just telling you, this is what I just read. Yeah. People stopped running his comic strip. Yeah. I mean, that's the big deal, right? Like, like, I think that people think of Scott Adams as sort of like a commentary guy on Twitter. Right. But he's actually like his business that makes it's incredibly lucrative. He's been running the Dilbert comic strip for, you know, two and a half years three decades and it's like that's a great business Um, it's a great business or at least it was i definitely own a dilbert book that somebody gave me as like a gift like my parents got mm -hmm. me one like you know 20 years ago or something like it's an industry unto itself and now dilbert is no more dilbert has been killed by the jew-owned liberal media (laughs) i assume this is what scott adams would say you know i don't know if he's an anti-semite in addition to being a a racist but you gotta figure there's a little cluster a little bundle dilbert and yeah dilbert you know he had a good run though uh up until a point okay and then you know by the way one other thing i want to say about dilbert and uh, scott adams Mm -hmm. is that in another era right like this happened because he was on some fucking live stream and he was like i hate black people or whatever but like This guy could have died at the age of 95 or whatever, having been the most racist person of all time and just doing Dilbert, just nonstop putting out books, making money, doing the Dilbert cartoon, doing the Dilbert movie. And he just would have died like that. And then, you know, people close to him would be like, yeah, he's actually a terrible racist. Nobody would have known. Nobody would have cared. Nobody cared about what the guy from Dilbert had to say. They just liked the Dilbert comic strip. And now because of social media and the internet, which I think we can agree was a mistake. Scott Adams no longer can do Dilbert. Uh, well, I mean, I assume on the, he'll start putting them on the Daily Wire and they'll be like really, really bad, right? There is something interesting about the dynamics of, I think specifically Twitter, not just social media, but like, because I don't know how big he was on like Facebook or Instagram or things like this. Probably huge. But Probably like, huge on Facebook. Think about the most popular newspaper comic strips you can, right? Like, Foxtrot, Curtis. The most popular? You're saying family the most popular? Circus. I don't know. Like the ones that you yeah, can family like, circus. think of. Family Circus. That's a big one. Yeah. Or like Garfield, Jim Davis, like Calvin Huge. and Hobbes. Like that's a retired. Bloom County. Don't forget about Bloom County. Bloom County. I mean, like there's Dunesbury. What about Dunesbury? You know what one is good that's like re- relative? I mean, when I say recent, I mean like from 20 years yeah. ago is Zitz. 
I don't know that. You ever read one. Kathy? That's a great comic Kathy strip right Ack, there. You know, relatable. Yeah, Kathy's but the like, best. You don't. You might know the names of those comic artists, right? Like Garfield. It's Jim yeah. Davis. Like we Jim know Davis, that, yeah. right? What do you but know about like, Jim Davis? Exactly. Right. Right. So what do we know thing. about Jim Davis? So Dilbert, the one comic strip guy who is also incredibly popular on <laughs> Twitter, is yeah. Scott Adams, and it was <laughs> like he wasn't tweeting about like office life right like his twitter persona and social media sort of commentator thing was like completely separate from the very sanitized and newspaper friendly product he was making you're saying that we don't know we can't believe what we see in the comic strip we have to go deeper on some like jim davis might be also a racist we don't know for sure (laughs) (laughs) i think it's strange that there was this one guy who was like of all the people to become right. bizarrely popular conservative or right wing like commentators on who sort of blew up on social media, yeah, the fact that one of them is like a guy who writes a relatively you know neutral like boring Very neutral. comic like family friendly comic strip is like weird, right? We all think the office is a sucky place. It's like universal. It's funny how social media has brought us sort of like. D-list celebrities that you would have never thought of have all of a sudden grown to large. Like James Woods. How about James Woods? He died a couple of years, didn't he? James Woods is still alive. No, he's kicking and tweeting. Unless I didn't get the memo that James Woods is dead. You know what I'm thinking of? He was in a lawsuit with someone who was like trolling him. It was actually ended up being like kind of a big First Amendment thing because yeah. somebody was like trolling him, be like, "Hey, James Woods, you suck" or whatever, and. He sued this anonymous account and he actually like got it far enough in the courts that they were ready to like potentially unmask the person, which was like. Yeah, but then it got thrown out, didn't it? It didn't get thrown out. No, it was that's okay. like a huge <laughs> legal thing because the lawyer for the anonymous person was like, the person is dead. <laughs> what? Yeah, the troll died. Oh. Oh wow! So like, wow, that does it does happen. Even trolls, yeah. Can die. So they never I mean, unmasked the person because the person was <laughs> dead. Really so he couldn't sad. sue the person. That's sad for James Woods. But, but it also <laughs> like it was a. I love the idea that he sued somebody for trolling him, and then he couldn't even get satisfaction because the person had. That's actually the ultimate troll when you think about it. That's the biggest troll of all is like you make him do all these lawsuits and then at the end of the day, they're like, oh, by the way, this guy's dead. So you actually can't get anything from him. You can't unmask him. It's all over for you. There's nothing here. Really quickly. And then we got to move on from this. But James Woods, mm-hmm. one thing I can tell you about him. Terrific in John Carpenter's Vampires from 1998. Great vampire movie. It's got action. It's got adventure. It's got romance. I recommend it highly. I will say, you've got to separate the art from the artist in that case because it's too good to not watch. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Well, speaking of vampires and people who are forever young, so something that is currently blowing up on the internet that I want you to take a look at. Right now? 
Right now. I want you, okay. while we are on this podcast, to take out your phone okay. and okay, fire up TikTok here. Here for the countdown so that we don't, we don't okay. have to hear. You don't have to hear all the sexy dance videos <laughs> I'll be looking at. All right. Here we go. TikTok. Right now, there are two face filters that are like blowing up TikTok. When somebody's blowing up TikTok, it can either be kind of contained or it actually leaks out into like regular people know about this. And I feel like both of these have kind of bled out into that. So the first, it's called Teenage Look. Basically, so this is a face filter that makes it look like you as a teenager. So I got to go to the create screen. Right. And it's kind of like a big red button at the bottom. Go to where it says effects. And there should be one that's like a yellow one that says teen. Oh, teen. Okay. All right. Let's and give it a try. <laughs> well, first off, it's like erasing my beard, which. Okay. I mean, it's just making me look I'm yas- like I'm yassified. Yeah. This is just a yassification filter. Okay. Horrible stuff. Very upsetting. This is not what I looked like as a teenager. I looked way less good than this. I can tell you that. I looked way uglier. What did you take your glasses off? All right. Let me see. No, this is, this is, this is, I just, just look, I just look like a fat, soft version of myself <laughs> and I don't like it, but I also don't think this is, a, I see why people would be you know upset by this. Okay. This is the first time, by the way, I've ever looked at a filter on TikTok. So this so, is interesting to me. Here's the thing. It didn't really like look like me as a teen. I guess it doesn't, it doesn't work for everyone, obviously. It doesn't always yeah. make everyone look exactly like they look in it, but no. for apparently for a lot of people who are sort of more like our age, like sort of like late millennials, Gen X people, Mm -hmm. they are Mm. trying this and they are like, there's a lot, there's tons and tons of video of them like trying this and just crying. Really? Like you're saying like grown ass adults are trying it and being like, I can't believe I don't look this young anymore. Is that what I'm being told? So I think it's people who it actually does look like them as a teenager for whatever Mm. reason, the face filter is it effective in it that it, it works it looks like them as a teen um instead mm-hmm. of for me it just kind of looks like it erased some wrinkles or whatever some lines um, yeah sure some laugh lines oh hold on a second i'm 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 looking at a video here that has uh many views i'm looking at a video here of a woman and i do think now of course not knowing her what she looked like as a teen it definitely looks like wow like that looks like a younger version of this person what i will say more than anything is it's a super disturbing video because she does that thing when like in a movie they have like a horribly disfiguring accident or they get like a new face because they're in john woo's face off or whatever they look in the mirror and they're always like doing this you Uh know like checking out if they're if their thing is yeah. real, if their face is real. And that's like what this woman is doing. And it's actually very disturbing. And it made me immediately think of like, this is just kind of like a Black Mirror episode, which, you know, yeah, computer bad. I, think, I mean, I think it's weird. I mean, I think it's like, there's multiple things going on, right? Like, yes. for some people, it is like a vanity thing. For some people, it's like, oh my God, this is making me like relive some trauma from when I was a teen. For some people, it's like, yeah. oh my God, I wish I could go back and tell that teenage person what I know now. Like I've definitely seen that. Like I've seen a bunch of things that are like people who maybe were incarcerated for a long time. Right. Like like, I wish I could go back and tell that person mm -hmm. not to do the crime because I would still, I could have had all these years being hot and young that I could have been having fun out there. And instead I was in jail, rotting away, turning old. Right. Or like, I think in a sort of like maybe, I don't know, in another way, like, I wish I had a do-over, like, you know, like that kind of sure. thing. Sure, yeah. Well, there we're only a short 
bit away from being able to stick that thing in the back of your head, upload your consciousness to the internet, enter a metaverse style environment where you can be and relive your younger self for eternity. I don't know why we're we're a few years away from that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I I do think, well, I I think there's one last thing that I think is sort of interesting about it is that the reason that it's hitting people who are sort of our age hardest is that like, yeah, we're sort of the last of a generation that doesn't really have like video or a ton of digital photos of ourselves as teenagers. Like, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I found on my Google drive last night, a bunch of videos Mm -hmm. that I apparently shot sitting in the backseat of my dad's car while he's driving with my grandfather Mm -hmm. who has been dead for a long time, Teddy. And I don't know when or where I shot the video or why, But to your point, I was like, wow, I don't feel like I have any video from this era. So it's really weird to see it because if you wanted to shoot video, you basically had to hold like a camcorder, which like, you know, people weren't usually doing. I mean, I think that's interesting, but I also think the bigger question and the bigger problem with all of this is like, why are we looking at ourselves so much? Like, why are we doing this? It's disturbing, to be honest. Like, I mean, social media is bad for lots of different reasons. Like Mm -hmm. Instagram sort of is like, the beginning of this, like, I guess YouTube is in a way of this, like, we want to look at ourselves and each other constantly, but like, it's gotten to a point now where like, I see people on TikTok who absolutely should be doing something else. Like they definitely should not like, like people who are like 65 and they're like, I have tons of followers on TikTok. It's like, I don't know. This just seems like something else should be going on in your life at this point. Like not this self-referential sort of like fan building or whatever. I don't know. It feels like an unhealthy way to live. I don't you know. know. This thing is not like a fan building thing. Like this is a lot of like these aren't people with like a lot of followers or anything like that. No, no, no. I I understand that. But like when you post something on TikTok, you're not doing it because you want to engage privately with a thought or an idea. You're doing it because you want to share this thing to as many people as humanly possible. Right. But like that's not, you know, that's a 20 year old concept of like posting. Right. And I'm saying, I think we're at the point now where we are not really interrogating, like, why we're all doing that thing, like, anymore. And it's kind of weird to me. Why because, are like, we posting? Why are we posting and looking so much? Like, like, I will say, sometimes I see stuff that's really unbelievable and delightful and, like, interesting or fascinating or, like, educational or, you know, that does happen. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is, like, I mean... The filter is like, what's so interesting about it is it's like a filter for you to look at or to show off this like younger version of yourself. It probably like encapsulates some of like the most insidious stuff about like face filtering on these like social media services where it's like super sort of like augmented versions of your face. So great question. Glad you asked, Josh. Um, okay. <laughs> I, so the other filter that's going viral right now is called Bold Glamour. And if you check it out. Oh, it, yeah, I saw it. I yeah. saw Bold Glamour. It's like a yassifying filter. Yeah. The teenage one kind of makes you look like a weird baby. Yeah. The yassifying one. Let me yassify myself real quick here. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you like, like it? What I'm saying right? here. It looks, it ma- I mean, look, it makes everyone look pretty good, right? It's It makes everyone look like, oh, I could wreck your life, right? Well, here's all I can say when I see this. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Okay. <laughs> and now here's the thing. Is that like, it's fun to use these filters as, mm. you're right. Is like, it fun? Every second that, that that is on my face, every second this video is being shot, the data is going straight to China 
to be put into a system to to process and track faces. A, a more attractive version of you. <laughs> no, no. They're like, oh, you know what gets people to look at their phones more is like to show them a, a hot version of themselves. Oh, I and mean, so then, then we're all sitting here. Meanwhile, there's some like low key recording going on that's being sent straight back to the Chinese surveillance apparatus. Which you know, I don't mind. By the way, they're definitely surveilling all of us. So it's like it is what it is. But yeah. Um, you know, I think we have to reject modernity. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think there is something interesting, though, about like this particular filter has like captured people in a very like specific way. Um, the bold glamour filter. Yes, I am telling you right now, everybody online, that is all they are talking about. It makes everybody look like the Salt Bay guy, and like you know, like those guys that are on in the memes that are like have like super like stylized eyebrows. I mean, I'm saying this because well, I'm a man, but sort of. So I think what's interesting about it is it's. I think probably very technologically advanced in, I mean, I don't mm. know how it's done, but it, it is a more effective filter again. than other types of uh, beauty face filters. It, it works in a slightly more interesting and advanced way. It seems to be adaptable to people. Um, mm. There's mm -hmm. like a theory that it works based on your hair color. It does also weirdly seem to be able to tell a male face from a female face. Like when I do it, it puts a lot of eyeshadow on me. Mm. I think when we think of face filters, we think of the classic Snapchat, like the dog face filter, right? Where it's like, it puts a little dog face, dog nose and like ears oh, on yeah. you, right? And it sort of moves around. This is a little bit more advanced. It really like latches onto your specific face. It like yeah. changes your face specifically mm. and it looks different. It's not just like blue eyeshadow on everything. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking now. I'm seeing now that I've looked at the filter, it's of mm -hmm. course showing me people who are using the filter. Right. It's also like one of the top trending things on TikTok right now. Like it's an incredibly popular thing. These people are a lot hotter than I am, I gotta say. Um, they look a lot hotter than I did when I used the filter. So I think what I'm seeing is just a lot of like commentary about it. And like there is mm. something very interesting about this. Like it's not just people being like, oh, look at me, I'm hot. It's people being like, something's weird with this filter. Like a lot of the commentary is about how wrong and uncomfortable it is. <laughs> really? Well, I yeah. mean, it's, it's definitely uncanny valley territory, it's, yeah, right? It's, it's definitely sort of, like... There's like a, a sound that people have used that's uh, a guy, the guy did that was really funny that was like, here's what I look like. Here's... Here's what I look like after you've had three glasses of wine and then it's like snaps and, it, you know, it's like when you wake up this the next morning and then he doesn't have the filter and he's like, hey, sorry about all the farting last night. Uh, um, well, listen, that's great. That's a great description of a TikTok sound that's going around. We have to end the podcast because now I'm just looking at TikTok and I find it so much more interesting <laughs> than anything else that not just this conversation, but anything that I've ever done in my entire life. I have to say I've been missing out here because this is what I should be paying attention to. Very captivating mm -hmm. stuff, obviously built to completely mesmerize every viewer. And I have to I do got to hand it to them, as they say. What people are reacting to with these filters specifically that's kind of interesting is that they're not just like, oh, I enjoy using this. It's fun. But they're also like, huh, this like is kind of messed up. Like that right. seems to be the reaction that a lot of people have. Like there's there's problems with this. Like So you're saying people are like, it's too good? Yeah. I think that um hmm. like a lot of the reactions that I've seen to the bold glamour one are like, this is problematic. This is gonna give people body dysmorphia because it makes you look so good. And it's like, oh wow, this is what you could look like if you were actually beautiful. <laughs> 
Right. Like, isn't that, but isn't that the whole thing with like all of these things is like, is that e- even if it's not the filter, like other people looking better makes you feel bad. Cause you're like, why don't I look as good as these people do? Even if they've spent like 12 hours doing makeup, yeah, but there's a huge difference between looking at other people who look good and looking at yourself that looks good. I right? mean, like, that's definitely true. That's definitely staring true. Staring into the, the pool and seeing your own reflection. The right. Fact that, right. That's it's literally that it is actually like, yeah. that's the effect. Okay. All right. I mean, it's very interesting. I think you've raised a lot of interesting points. I have to tell you also, I now am addicted to TikTok after looking at it for five seconds on this podcast. (laughs) I mean, it is highly addictive. Like, there's no question. It's pretty Mm -hmm. fucking insane. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. 
When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So you also sent me this tweet, which I love, from Jacob Silverman, who is, I don't know what Jacob Silverman does. I do follow him. I think he's a journalist. He is. He's a, he's a journalist. He's like mainly a tech reporter. He writes a lot about crypto. Yeah. He's very skeptical, I would say. He's a crypto skeptic. Yeah. Would you like to read the tweet that he retweeted? Sure. So it is from an account called hideyoapes.eth. Yeah. And it says, all, I'm completely devastated. My wallet has been completely drained and all my NFTs and ETH, that's Ethereum, the, Ethereum, the yeah. cryptocurrency are gone. My BAYC, Board Ape Yacht Club, MAYC, yep. Mutant Ape Yacht Club. It's like an offshoot. Um, Coda, three doggos, BAYAC land, nine rumble cogs. All gone. <laughs> Nine Rumble Kongs all gone. <laughs> um, I don't know what the Coda Doggos and Rumble Kongs are. I assume there are other NFTs. Three Doggos, nine Rumble Kongs. Okay. Yeah. There, there, these are all just various NFTs. <laughs> these are various things that have been stolen from hideyoapes.eth. All because I wanted to play hashtag Dookie Dash on my laptop. <laughs> See below thread on what happened. And then yes. his thread, he's basically like, I logged into MetaMask and I don't know what happened. Um, right. He got robbed by yeah. somebody because he doesn't so, know how this shit works. Dookie Dash, he says, all because I want to play Dookie Dash on my laptop. Hashtag Dookie, Dookie Dash, Dash, yes. Is the video game from the Board Ape Yacht Club. Yes. All because he wanted to play Dookie Dash. Yeah, Dookie Dash is a video game they just released uh, maybe two or three weeks ago that yeah. the premise is you are a board ape who runs through a sewer trying to collect some sort of poop points. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's called Dookie Dash. Yes, of um, course. It's all very highbrow stuff. Some of the finest that humanity mm -hmm. has to offer. And, you know, he had some uh, sort of security breach and someone drained his crypto wallet. And, you know, to to be clear, this guy, I mean, it's funny because what he is saying is literally a bunch of gibberish and it's also <laughs> right. hilarious. Um, but he's describing, you know, easily half a million dollars worth of assets um, being lost. Oh, do you think it's that much? If it's a... Board ape, a mutant ape. I don't know how much the other stuff costs. I don't know. It could easily be a half million dollars. I mean, the board <laughs> ape, the floor is still probably, it's, you know, over a hundred thousand, I think. So I immediately, upon reading this and, and talking about it with you, I, of course, thought back to Slurp Juice, the Slurp Juice tweet. Oh, yeah. There's actually a lot of porn <laughs> if you search for Slurp Juice, unsurprisingly. <laughs> What is the Slurp Juice tweet? Can you remember? Do you have it saved? Let me hold on. Similarly, second. like crypto world nonsense. Now, now, not to say it's all nonsense in the crypto world, but there are a bunch of these like weird fringe sort of scams that are going on. This just reminds me of Slurp Juice. That's all I want to say. Yeah. So last spring, and this was sort of right. This was May. This was like just after the bubble of NFTs had sort of popped and. Crypto winter was starting to sort of begin and like the sheen on the NFT world was a little bit falling off. And people were starting to realize that like the way people talked about NFTs was a little bit ridiculous. And people were talking about like, oh, my apes are gone and my doggos and my Kongs. Like they were all like silly things. Um, there was, I guess, 
some NFT collection that was um, called like Astro Apes or something. And very similar to the Bored Apes where they had the mutant syrup that could like turn your um, ape into a mutant ape. And that would therefore give you more monetary value because now you had a second asset or whatever. Yeah. Um, and this, also, I think a more customized ape in some, yeah. some, yeah. This was a similar thing. It was, you know, you essentially, you bought some sort of a astro ape and then you could get some sort of slurp juice that could transform yeah. your ape. And yeah. apparently there was some confusion about how this worked. So the group that made it, they said, a lot of y'all still don't get it. Ape holders can use multiple slurp juices on a single ape. So if you have one astro ape and three slurp juices, you can create three new apes. Tonight, slurp juice mint event is essentially a minting event for both lab monkeys and special forces. I mean, no brainer. <laughs> no brainer. I mean, who, who, who wasn't mm-hmm. understanding that? That you can use multiple slurp juices on a single ape. I mean, right, that's just right. that's just like foundational stuff, like base level. You know, yeah. if you don't know that. Why are you even in the game, right? Yeah, and I sort of like have felt for a while that like after that, it's like everything about crypto is multiple slurp juices on a single ape. Like when yeah. you see people talking too much about crypto or anything, it's like they might as well be saying you can use multiple slurp juices on a single ape. I mean, this this tweet from this Jacob Silverman retweet, I understand it means something to some people. And I believe that they could tell you what it means. Like they can explain it. I mean, obviously this guy's just listing stuff that he had, <laughs> he had stolen because he wouldn't play Dookie Dash. Mm-hmm. I guess like there maybe is like some people who are, who are mean spirited might be like, well, that's what you get for playing Dookie Dash. But I think it's more like there's such an arcane kind of bullshit system of like seemingly unbelievable, like pyramid style schemes that it's, like it keeps cropping up in the world of crypto that these like in these arcane, totally not understandable situations, somebody gets like robbed or whatever. And it's like, well, do you think it's because they've set up a system that's so impossible to understand and so easy to penetrate that like they want you? This is basically the outcome that they want is for you to end up like getting your shit. Still. Not that they got somebody yeah. along the chain probably doesn't want it, but it does feel like that's where it's trending. To me, part of what's funny about this kind of stuff, and like, I feel bad that this guy lost, you know, was robbed, right? Like, that's not funny. But I do think that, like, what feels silly is that it's not just that, like, these people put their trust in a system that turned out to be easily hackable because it turns out that, like, people were, <laughs> people's wallets were constantly getting hacked and, like, these wallet drains where they would, like, click on a link that looked safe and it wasn't and someone drained their wallet, like, you know, uh, one of the big benefits of crypto is it's supposed to be so super safe and secure and like, yeah. you know, it turns out it's not. But also that people who believed really hardcore in NFTs were like, bored apes are going to be the future of entertainment. And the truth is, like, yeah. they sound just as silly to us now as like, it's like, oh, you have like apes and mutant apes and doggos? Like, that's literally gibberish and that's funny. Like, it all sounds silly and that like, it turns out that the NFT revolution didn't really happen. It didn't turn out to be the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. The thing about NFTs, not to go down a rabbit hole, conceptually, like if you just think of it, like you go, okay, here's the idea. There's just one of these things, okay? It's a digital piece of art but it has this identifier which is unique to that one on that screen or whatever and nobody else can have that if you buy it 
suddenly you go, wow, like finally they figured out a way to like create like a one of a kind piece of art, like in a digital realm. That's like a really interesting, exciting conceptual idea that I think is fucking awesome. The problem is like didn't work at all. Like it wasn't even possible to do that. It's like you could make a perfect copy of it, even if you don't have the shit on the chain and it's still like the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like a print. And like the difference between like, okay, there's a painter who painted an original piece of art. It's a physical piece of art. And then prints were made and the art is like hand signed and numbered those prints. And let's say they made like 500 prints or whatever. There is a physical connection to the art there in the prints. They're obviously not worth as much, but they're worth something because they have a physical connection and they're signed by the artist, whatever. The actual painting is, you cannot replicate it. You cannot replicate mm -hmm. the oil hitting the canvas in any other way. It just is that one thing. That's why... It's so interesting. There's only one Mona Lisa. There can't be another one. It, it's like impossible to create it in any other way. This is a situation where it is not impossible. It is actually the most possible thing in the world. So like the hope and the promise and the excitement of this thing, just that never had any possible like execution on the back end. And as a result, like most of this shit is, I mean, I don't know if it's died on the vine. I've actually been told that the brands that are doing NFTs like Nike mm -hmm. are making insane amounts of money doing them that that's like been a, become a very successful part of their business. I mean, so I, I think that there is a version of NFTs that like, and I, I think that plenty of people sort of saw this coming a year ago, which is that like the board API club thing where it's like, there's a limited 10,000 funny cartoons you can turn into your profile picture. Like there's sort of limited utility for that, but there is some version of like digital assets that can be sold from a brand or memorabilia like right there's there's a version of this that can be for like digital assets that are unique like it's just not exactly the chicken slurps or whatever that, <laughs> the, you know. so the chicken slurp they all said it would be yeah i don't know one final item before mm. we have to go, unfortunately, because I, I feel like we could do this for a while. You'd certainly have more links. I have a feeling you have way more links. And also, I'd like to, to be honest, I'd like to circle back to Dilbert, uh, at least for a little while longer. I don't think we spent <laughs> enough time on, on Dilbert or Scott Adams. You sent me a link, mm -hmm. a website called To the Number, Dumb, To the Number, Destroy. Mm -hmm. Can you explain? You said you wrote about this. What is this? I wrote about this last week for BuzzFeed News, yeah. but you can just go to the website. It's pretty self-explanatory. You don't need to read the full article. But uh, two guys who were, you know, working advertising made this. The premise is they took the chat GPT technology, like not the chat GPT, I mean, whatever, the OpenAI GPT-3, you know, and they yeah. basically sort of trained it on a bunch of movie quotes from the stupidest movie characters and movie quotes they could think of. So like all the naked gun movies, um, all the police Academy movies, uh, a lot of Michael Scott quotes from the office, Homer Simpson, uh, Ralph Wiggum, Phoebe from friends, um, <laughs> <laughs> the earnest movie. Right. So they trained it on that language. Okay, they trained it. They trained it only on very dumb things. Is what right. You're saying. And so when you, have a chat conversation with it, you get like, it's honestly like, it's, it's very funny. And it's very, because it's been trained on like very stupid stuff. So Josh, I feel like I, 
just asked it a couple questions in the chat. Mm -hmm. Would you like to share the results with us? I would like to share them. I think they're things that kind of you're generally trying to get at with your podcast. And I think we can see what what AI says about this. So um, Okay, here we go. Too Dumb to Destroy is going to comment on, uh uh, Katie, you've given it some prompts. So I said, what is the purpose of the internet? Okay, that's where I asked it. Got it. And it said... The internet is a lot like gold. It's mostly useless. It's incredibly confusing. A small part of it is beautiful, and everyone else trying to sell you on it is a jerk. Hmm. I mean, that's fairly accurate. What is that from? Do we know? I don't think it's like. I mean, this. this oh, it's, is it's original. AI, this right? is original. Like it's not right. I mean, honestly, I gotta say, given what you described mm-hmm. as the sort of what it's like using as its. Basis. It feels familiar, right? It, it well, it actually seems kind of smart. Yeah, uh, and I'm a little worried that like maybe AI is sort of <laughs> becoming self-aware. It's like actually now that I've got mm-hmm. this, I can do something more with it. So I, I will say, just uh, like myself and some colleagues have tried a couple times because we knew that, for example, it was trying. It was like trained on like the airplane movie, so we were like trying to right. get it to do the classic like. Surely you're kidding! Like, don't call me Shirley. Uh, line. Um, yeah. It knows that line, but we had to try a couple different prompts to get it there. Mm. It's still AI. Like, it's not just, you know, regurgitating movie quotes. It like, right. it's got its own thing going. So the next question I asked, what does the future of the internet hold? And I said, the internet is a big place. Surely there is something on it about how to kill the president. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Incredible. I mean, That's okay. interesting. That doesn't seem as smart as the... uh, Or is it? Yeah, great point. So then I asked, is technology a force for good? Mm. Josh, that's a question that you ask yourself all the time. Do I ask that? I I think I know the answer, but... uh, It says, the Gizmodo question almost made me spill my beer. Almost. (laughs) What what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Very Uh, I mean, but on the other hand, you do know what it means, right? I mean, sort of. Sort of, mm. but uh, all right. Okay, what else? Anything I, else? The last question I asked it, I said, "How can a person live an ethical life online?" Okay, it's mm. mm. a question I think you Bold. ask yourself a lot, right? I'm asking it all the time. I've been yeah. asking it quietly to myself during this actual podcast. Okay, here's what it said: Number one, don't lie. Number two, don't cheat. Number three, don't steal. This one's mm. pretty obvious. Number four, don't break the law. This one is two. Number five, don't be an asshole. This one is a little less obvious. That, this seems like sound advice to me. Seems like sound advice. Although, you know, honestly, I feel like I might reverse the order of some of those things. I, I feel mean, like, don't maybe. lie. Come on, it's the internet. You gotta lie. <laughs> uh, I've never, personally, I've never lied on the internet. I don't do that. I don't get into that. Of course not. I will say... If you're enjoying what you're hearing from Katie, and I think that you are, in fact, I know that you are, you should go check out her work on uh, buzzfeednews.com slash section slash tech, which is not very, it's not an easy uh, URL to get to. You can, there's also a drop down menu, or you can just go straight to buzzfeednews.com slash author slash Katie Natopoulos. I can spell that if you'd like. I'm going to do it right now. K A 
highly don't recommend you direct anyone exactly to my author URL page. They might have to Why? Like, you've refreshed it's accessible it. from a click, a simple click right on there on the front page. They can just check out BuzzFeedNews.com. I, I just check out BuzzFeedNews.com. And by the way, when, when I checked out BuzzFeedNews.com to make sure I had the right URL for your section, mm. I was hit with a very important story I saw on the front page, which I did oh. not know anything about. What is Which this? is this big Zendaya, uh, Paul Mescal controversy, or Zendaya, depending oh, on who you talk to. I haven't. Uh, I apparently, he tried to hold her hand while walking up to the stage at the SAG Awards or something, and she like demurred, you know, just because she's so loyal to Tom you Holland. Know, I had really been lost in the um, Aubrey Plaza giving a scowl uh, drama at the SAG. Was she Awards, scowled? So. Who did she scowl at? Well, this is what's wow. unclear. So she was White Lotus won some sort of big cast. Hold on, award. I gotta, I gotta get Aubrey Plaza. Mm. scowl just this is important we're gonna definitely not edit this out this is gonna be all on the podcast here we go uh warned our replies about wardrobe malfunction oh there was a malfunction mm, no there wasn't no so okay it seems like what happened is that she she was wearing a sort of like a dress that looked like it could have had a wardrobe malfunction yeah i saw it's very sexy stuff she gets up on stage and like it's a big crowd of people because it's the entire cast and a bunch of producers and she's sort of like stuck in the back so she's kind of grumpy mm-hmm. about it. You can kind of tell that that's what's going on. Sure. And then one of the other cast members sort of whispers something to her. And, I, and apparently what he whispered was like, you're about to have a wardrobe malfunction. She's wearing this sort of okay. skippy dress. I think that honestly, she was probably offended by that. Okay. I see. I see. I can, I can see that. I should be kind of annoyed at this okay. guy. Yeah. She's pissed off. I'm looking at the stills right now. This is great stuff. This is good. Cause I haven't really read the news in a few days. Well, I've been kind sort of, of busy. Unclear. We haven't totally heard from her. We don't know exactly what was going on. Well, the person who said it was uh, John Greaves. Mm, yeah. Uh, who plays, I believe plays, um, he plays the, the, hu- the, the, the husband. husband of, uh, the scheming husband. Spoiler yes, well, alert. well, ho, ho, spoiler alert, okay. Yeah, so it's sort of unclear. It seems like he's probably trying to be helpful, but she's got multiple problems going on at once. Like, she kind of can't see anything, and then I think mm. she maybe got accidentally elbowed by someone else, and she's just, in that moment, very upset about stuff. Uh, well, at any rate, um, it's a bad scene for the for the cast of uh, White Lotus. Luckily, none of them will be returning for the next season, um, <laughs> except for um, what is her name? I'm blind. Why do I keep blanking on her name? Jennifer Coolidge. She won't. Jennifer. Be. She's dead. Except for no, wrong. Except for Jennifer Coolidge because mm-hmm. it apparently was mentioned in season one, and I didn't know. Somebody brought it up. It might have been Jenna. Might have brought it up, or or one of my producers that she mentions she has a twin sister oh. in the first season. So presumably. The twin sister is going to appear in the third season. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could maybe I got some bad info. Let me just look this up real quick. I mean, it's possible. Uh, White Lotus twin sister. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. On the other hand, I feel like they've sort of said stuff of like the two season arc was kind of it for her. I mean, it does seem like it's like mm. it, it's got to be something different the next time. It's weird that they would mention a twin sister. I kind of I'm like they need to move on from her. No, I think they should keep going. I think that's a good old school twist. It's like a soap opera thing. It's like the evil twin shows up. It's like the person with a mustache or whatever. Yeah, she could have like sure. dark hair. I think it's a great idea. Honestly, I think they should do it. All right, listen, unfortunately, it's very late and we've got to wrap up because uh, I don't know if, if we keep going, I'm going to have to start drinking alcohol and you don't want that. Nobody wants that. You know, I've been, I've been off the sauce for several weeks. 
Ever since I returned from Pittsburgh. Well, well, there you go. So it's like two weeks. No, maybe not even. I don't know. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> At any rate, Katie, this was great. I have to say, you've opened my eyes to so many things on the internet that I didn't know existed. And I think you've you've proven once again that you are the god emperor of the internet and uh, no one has ever been more online than you. And no one ever will be more well, online Josh, than you. that is, <laughs> you know... Not true. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, I speak, like I'm a, speaking. I got to speak the truth. You know, my truth. Um, well, you know what? Here's the thing, Josh. Mm, mm. You know, in many ways, you're the god emperor of the internet. Wow, that's nobody not true. You're just saying the that. God emperor of the, that's what's so beautiful about it. That's right? not true. What nobody, about the Elon Musk? Huh? No, he's definitely not the god emperor. I think of it. he might be in charge now. He's, he's like the, big uh, boss man. the well. He's like the court jester, really, of the internet. No. You think about mm. it. Worse than that. <laughs> okay. We'll cut that out. We don't even want to mention Elon Musk on this episode. Thank you so much for having me on because I'm always happy to get to chat with you about This is it's so stuff. wonderful. It's fun. All right, Katie, thank you for being here. You've got to come back. You have to bring more links with you. I'm I'm always happy to bring links. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Well, unsurprisingly, Katie has made me reassess a lot of what I, I thought was going on on the internet. And frankly, I, I feel like I should be yassifying myself on a more regular basis using services like TikTok. I feel like I see what I could look like if I were hotter by like traditional classic standards. And I got to say, those standards are pretty good. Those They exist for a reason. It show, has shown me that my face could be dramatically improved by a series of very painful surgeries, uh, which I got to tell you, I think I'm going to do. I'm going to permanently ossify my face, and it's going to be great. At any rate, <laughs> before I do that, I should wrap up. That is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. 
Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.